Welcome to 2022 and welcome to another episode of Encounter Grow Witness, a podcast from the Archdiocese of Detroit with the Unleash the Gospel movement where we seek to serve and assist our brothers and sisters in ministry and helping them uh, know the joy of the gospel and share the joy of the gospel as uh, radical disciples of Jesus Christ in their lives and in their work and uh, here with the wonderful, the awesome Beth Spazarni. Beth, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Outstanding, Father Steve Phyllis. <laughs> I See, I got the well. adjective in yeah. again. Yeah. I'm doing great. I'm yeah. doing great. I'm ready for uh, a wonderful year that uh, God yeah. is going to pour grace upon us in 2022. Yeah. And we are blessed to have an awesome, sweet, cool guest with us, Nicole Joyce. Nicole, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's yeah. great to have you. And I uh, can't wait to kind of learn a little bit about how God's working in your life and what you're doing. And, you know, our, our conversation today, Beth, we were talking about how we can uh, find a, a good work-life balance, help people mm. kind of understand that. A great goal for the new year, a great goal for, um, you know, all those who work in ministry seeking, okay, how can I be generous with my work? How can I be a man or woman of prayer? And then how can I uh, also, you know, take care of my primary responsibility of my yeah. family. Yep. Um, and uh, Nicole's going to be a, a great guide for us to have that conversation with. Yes. Thank I'm, you for coming in. I'm going to try. I'm going to I'm going to do my best. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're going to do great. But before <laughs> we do that, yeah. I thought kind of 2022, I thought it'd be fun to look back 20 years, do a little trivia about what was going on 20 years ago in 2002. Normally when Beth is kind of leading this conversation, she likes to embarrass me by me well, knowing none of the answers. It's a good time. What was it about dogs? We, I, oh, I, I, interviewed knew, about I know nothing dogs. about he, dogs. You didn't know and, anything about dogs. He yeah. doesn't like dogs. Okay, we don't need oh, that. He's not that. a serial killer, so not I wanted to make sure person, he was I see. So I, we, see. I quizzed him about popular dogs. He did all right. He is missed it? all the little no. Is it fear of dogs or no. is it? Okay. I mean, I was chased by a dog as a child. So See, that could be. I'm kidding. The mother's here. We, we cracked yeah. the case. We, we know how this problem. works. Should I, should I lay down on the couch uh, for this conversation? Maybe. Oh, Maybe. Wow. I didn't realize bringing Nicole in would lead to a tag team on me. But it's my turn now to ask, uh, ask you two some questions about 2002. And we can do yeah. like... You know, time travel yeah. sound effects, whatever. Uh, Ron can do time travel sound effects there. All right. Who was president in 2002? It was George W. Bush, but I also saw his screen before ah. he turned it. So ah. I got the first you, one. You wouldn't have known that? I otherwise? probably would have. I, I was trying to figure it. I was like, was it W? But yes, yeah. you are. Cr- yeah. 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 That's right. And and it's pronounced W. W. Yeah. Not W. 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 Yes. It was W. Okay. The Winter Olympics were held in 2002. Oh Where were the Winter Olympics held? Oh, I don't think Ooh. I can guess. Did winter you Olympics? cheat? Uh, uh, I didn't cheat. Okay. No, I don't have. I didn't see any of their answers, unfortunately. They were held study. in the United States. Oh, Utah. Were they in Utah? Any city in Utah? So, not Salt Lake City. Salt Lake it was City. Salt Lake City. Oh, oh, all right. Yeah. That might be the only city I know in Utah. I'm just saying. Wow. Nice. Utah's a great state. Other than Michigan, Utah might be my favorite state. Yeah, you vacationed there one time, right? I went there once. uh, I've been there twice. I flew through there and spent kind of an overnight there. And I love Utah. It's so beautiful. Nice. I haven't been. It's awesome. Hmm. Um, The World Cup took place in 2002. Where was it held? You know, Nicole I was studying so hard Joyce. in college. I don't think what I What country, don't Nicole Joyce, would the World Cup have been held? Mm, were they in Europe? They were not. Ooh, 
I got much nothing. farther east. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, were they in Korea in 2002? They were. <gasps> I wow. should know this. Which Very city nice. in Korea? They had to have been in Seoul. Yeah, not Pyongyang. Not, not in no, North that's Korea. North Korea. Yeah, in South Korea. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying <laughs> that they were not in North Korea. Yes, that's. Uh, <laughs> uh, World Youth Day took place in 2002. Mm-hmm. Where was World Youth Day in 2002? South Toronto. America. South Toronto. America. Oh, yeah. Did good. you go? I did not go. It was in my go? more Protestant days. So <laughs> oh, I was going to Protestant too good for that, which is really too bad. <laughs> you weren't going to a big Eucharistic I was celebration not, I was with not the Pope ready for that. <laughs> and praying the rosary together. <laughs> I wasn't ready. No, not in 2002. Uh, okay. Nicole, did you go yeah. to Toronto? I did not. I was a junior in college then, so I think I was probably student teaching. So okay. no. Nice. Okay. okay. Great. That's the only World Youth Day I've been to. You were there. Really? Closest. You know, it was. My brother, some of my cousins, we kind of road tripped up there, had a great time. Okay, nice. The number one song at the beginning of the year and the number one song at the end of the year. Beginning of the year was by Nickelback. Oh, was it Hero? Uh, No, no. it was the song How You Remind Me. Oh, I forgot about that one. You You know, that (laughs) like Nickelback voice. I think I'll remember that. Wait, that sounded way too much like Elvis and not like Nickelback. No, there's a lot of overlap between Nickelback and Elvis. It feels like a (laughs) In the deeper corners of the internet, you can find a lot about that. I'm kind of afraid to Google that, so I'm going to pass. And at the end of 2002, by a local Detroit artist named Eminem. It wasn't the real Slim Shady. No. No. It was Lose Yourself. Oh, I love that song. That was a good one. Oh, that's right, because 8 Mile came out, right? Yep. Okay, so I was student teaching. So I was student teaching in a little high school in Sparta, Michigan. Um, If there's anyone here in West Michigan, it's apple country, apple farmer country. Okay. And 8 Mile had just come out, and the kids were like, oh, other fun fact, because of George W. being president. (laughs) Uh, W. George W. George W. being president, my maiden name was Wallagora. Okay. So my students called me Miss Dub. (laughs) And they were like, Miss Dub, you're from Detroit? Oh, my God. Do you live near 8 Mile? And I was like, guys, Detroit is so big. So no. I don't live near 8 Mile. They're like, have you ever met Eminem? I was like, no, I don't like see him at the grocery store. Right, right. We're not friends. Like, you know, so. Yeah. Yes, I forgot about that whole, like, yeah. blow up of, like, rap music and having a battle. And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. good times. Did you see uh, 8 Mile? Back? No. No? <clears throat> no. I remember going to the theater to see it. No. And, yeah. Eminem's super talented. He is. Yeah. He is really talented. Yeah. He has a gift, for sure. A couple more pop culture questions here. Uh, what won Best Picture in 2002? It was a movie with Russell Crowe. Ooh, was it Gladiator? No. no. It was the one where he is kind of, a, um, I think, schizophrenia. Ooh, was he a boxer in that one? No, no. that's, that's Cinderella Man. Yeah, I was thinking of Cinderella but Man. This is uh, A Beautiful Ooh, Mind. Beautiful Mind. Beautiful, beautiful Mind. Yes, that was which, a good one. Yeah, I think yeah. that was good, but I haven't seen it in so long, so... Uh, what yeah. children's show celebrated its 4,000th episode in 2002? Sesame Street. Had Sesame to be Street. Sesame Street. Do you know the song? I don't Sesame know the Street? song. <laughs> you oh, just don't um, want to sing I, it. I, I don't know. No, Can I'm going to go with I don't know. Get <clears throat> I was going to go all the way back. get to Because they start with sunny day. That's right. Oh, shoot. Look at that. In the beginning. That's Look right. That. Away. Oh, Ron, yeah. we got our new intro music. <laughs> Nicole singing. Uh, number one comedy in 2002. A show I never watched. 
don't know mm-hmm. hardly anything about friends friends, friends. Okay. was friends still on in 2002 I think that's so. what the internet said wow. yeah you never watched friends nope i don't Not think i've ever, ever seen an episode There's i've seen like like, like clips and can bits you name and some whatever. characters on the show yeah yeah, yeah. who is on yeah. the show um Ross. Okay. There's a guy named Ross. Yeah, that's, yeah. Okay. And then um, um, Rachel. Okay. Yep. Jennifer but Aniston. All of that from never having seen an episode. Uh, I mean, it's I kind mean, of like kind the of pervasive. of the culture. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's okay. pervasive. Yeah. yeah. Were you a Friends? Uh, yes. I remember watching Rachel and Ross get together like my senior year of high school. So that was like 99, 2000. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Kids. Uh-huh. <laughs> Kids. Uh, and uh, number one drama of 2002. Uh Oh, ER. No, Grey's Anatomy. No. Oh, shoot. It had to be a medical. It was a political. Thing, was it? Oh, it was political. political. West Wing. West Wing. <gasps> My it must mom have been the end of West show. Wing. Because I think of. West Wing is a little bit earlier, but yeah. it's been towards the end of West Wing. Mm. Yeah, my mom loved that show. Yeah. Yeah, she was all about it. Mm. Yeah, have you seen West Wing? Yeah, my mom was obsessed, too. Yeah. it's a. have seen a few episodes of it. I, I've liked it, but I haven't kind of like gone into the vault and yeah. vault. And I don't know if they made shows back then it. to make people binge watch them. Yeah. You know? I could yeah. see you being into that more than I would personally. I'm not a big yeah. into politics. It's like not my favorite thing, so. Yeah. yeah. But I could see you wanting to... Get into that kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. I was studying political science and, <laughs> yeah. you know, was involved in those things at yeah. that time. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, there we go. 2002. Nice. Let's wow. let's fast forward <laughs> back to the present. <laughs> okay. Anyway, welcome to 2022. And here we're talking about uh, work-life balance with uh, Nicole. So yeah. Me, yeah. One of the questions we'd love to ask people just to start off is, what does your prayer life look like? So I am an on-the-go mom, as you would say, right? I have four kids at home, and I work full-time, and so my prayer life is very active. Um, It's just it's an ongoing experience, really. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the first thing is morning offering, first thing in the morning, Mm -hmm. prayer with my kids before we go to school. Mm -hmm. And then uh, because I work for the Archdiocese, we pray before every meeting, right? So... (laughs) There's a lot of prayer because there's a lot of meetings. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I do try to make every one of those authentic in some way, yeah. right? Like I try to make sure that I'm remembering what I want to keep in prayer that day mm-hmm. um, in every single one of those prayers as the meetings start, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, 10 seconds, 30 seconds, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and then in the evenings, my family and I, we've learned that the most effective way to get our kids involved in intercessory prayer is to mm-hmm. do it before dinner. Because everyone's very focused when Uh, there's food on your plate and you can't eat it yet. Right. So we serve dinner and we all sit together and then everyone offers their intentions. Mm -hmm. If we have like a reflection book, you know, like during Advent or Lent or something specific that we're praying for, um, we bring that up too and everyone prays together there. Um, And then, of course, at bedtime, there's bedtime prayer with the kids and then my husband and I pray together as well. So it's really a throughout the day experience. Beautiful. the the one I like the most is that we get this calendar from church with mm. all the priests in the archdiocese in it, yeah. and it gives us like two or three per day mm. all through the year, and it just cycles through alphabetically. Mm-hmm. And so after we say grace, we always ask the Lord to bless whoever the priest is on Beautiful. that day on the calendar. And my kids yeah. super love it when Father Steve Polis pops up, ah. because <laughs> I don't know if you are aware, but his <clears throat> nickname at our house is Father Big Cheese. So they love it. It's not a great nickname. They love it. Sweet. <laughs> Are there any priests you cross out 
you're no, like, no, okay. no, 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 okay. of course uh, not. And sometimes, you know, like other priests we know who are not in Detroit, they, they make the list too, you know, yeah. like some of the Diocese of Lansing or Marquette or yeah. wherever. Yeah. You know, if we know someone's sick, we'll make sure we, we throw mm-hmm. in that priest if we heard something or got something in parish mail. So it's a really nice way for us to kind of come together at the end of the day and say, like, this yeah. is an important time as a family yeah. Yeah. for us to share this time together. But before we do that and enjoy you know, the food that we're thankful for. Like, mm-hmm. let's remember the other people who we want to be praying for. So That's that beautiful. to me is like my most centering prayer of the day is when yeah. we're all together and we get to pray together. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Yeah, that, that is great, especially talking about, you know, the balance between work and prayer and uh, yeah. and, and work and family, that like finding a way to integrate mm-hmm. prayer with family, you know. I love how you talk about praying with your kids, but also like you and your husband taking time to pray as well, that those are two very good goods, but they're different, right? Yeah, I'm sure absolutely. Your prayer, you and your husband is very different than the kids looking at their uh, their food, w- just waiting to eat. <laughs> like, nope, we're going to pray together. <laughs> right. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. So tell us a little yeah. bit about how, like what you've done in the church. I know you've worked um, for the archdiocese a while. Uh, what, what you do there, have you done other work in the church before that? Yeah, so let's see. My work in the church started all the way back in youth ministry. Oh. Um, as a part of the leadership team for my own youth group when mm-hmm. I was in high school. Um, what parish? St. Vincent Fair in Madison Heights. Yeah. Nice. I grew up in that parish. I went to school oh, there yeah. for a little while, too. Okay. Um, and after I graduated from high school, I did all my volunteering there, too. So I was a lector and uh, used to help out with the vacation Bible school there wow. as well. That was always really fun. Yeah. And then um, I started working for the Archdiocese. Well, actually... We'll back up a little bit. So when my oldest son was little, so this had to be 12, 13 years ago, um, I started volunteering at the parish again with um, family life ministry. Okay. So that was kind of a n- very new idea at the time, and it really is still what, what, very what new. What is family life? I mean, ministry? family ministry really, when you think about it, is pretty new for a lot of yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, your listeners are probably still like, I don't even know what that is yeah. yet. They're supposed to be this but, director. What is this? But because we're good church workers, we yes. Yeah, so we head, are like, good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're like, oh, oh yeah, that family, sounds good. It's really right. important. Right. So I don't know what that is, but that's really important. <laughs> right. So in my day, in the early two thousands, um, when W was still president, I was a volunteer family life coordinator and. And really what I did was I came to like the education commission meetings with the director of religious education. Um, And we talked about like, what are we doing as a church to encourage vocations in our families? What are we doing to build fellowship and community among our families at the parishes? And and what are we doing to make the church feel more welcoming to these little domestic churches? Mm. Um, And I, I, that was my battleground for a long time because I was dragging all these toddlers to church and felt like it was hard to feel comfortable at mass with all these squirmy children (laughs) and feel like you were welcome there. Um, So I did that as a volunteer for a while until I started working at the Archdiocese the first time in 2012 Mm. um, in the Safe Environments Office. Nice. So I was uh, scheduling all those protecting God's children workshops you guys love and called to serve and all those things. Um, And then when my daughter was born, she was my fourth baby. Wow. And my mom was like, I love you, but I don't want to watch all four of your kids, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So I had recently completed training to teach natural family planning. And so mm-hmm. I came home and started working from home as an NFP teacher. So serving the church in a yeah. totally different capacity yeah. from before. Um, and I just loved that work. It was great. I wow. taught from home for uh, six years, almost seven. Wow. Um, 
while my husband was working. And then when, uh, actually, it was right around the time I came in and recorded Open Door Policy with you, Father Steve, that mm. I heard the NFP coordinator at the Archdiocese was leaving. And she had called me up and said, you know, I really think you would be great for this. Wow. You should pray about it and think about it. And of course, I was like, that sounds terrible. Like, that's so much work. <laughs> and I have all these kids in my house. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, we again, we just we took it to prayer. We prayed about it for like a full month and a half yeah. and just really felt like the Lord was calling me to do that. And I'm so glad I did, because mm. since then, I've been you know kind of drawn into helping with all these other ministries, including family ministry. So yeah. now that's where I live. I live in the Office of Family Ministry yeah. and Engagement. Yeah. And um, I work full time now, which is a totally different transition. Wow. Oh, are, you're <laughs> full-time I now. am, yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, that started the end of October. Oh, wow. wow. Really recent. Oh, this yes, is a perfect it's topic very, for you. It's very <laughs> oh, recent, great. yes. So, okay. so now I work in engagement and family ministry, and I wow. coordinate natural family planning still, but I also okay. work as a the coordinator of family support ministry, which okay. is new. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, we always talk about, like, who are your constituents? Yeah. I don't have constituents yet because those roles haven't been filled yet. <laughs> oh, but but right. eventually That's I true. will. Don't worry. We'll, we'll yeah. get there. <laughs> constituents, like, who in the parishes do we serve? Yes, right? who in the parishes yeah. am I working with? Who's, yeah. who's emailing and calling me, and who am I going out to meet and, yeah. and assist? In, in their ministry too, right? That's so beautiful. You know, Nicole, I think you and I had touched base or kind of connected by phone a few times about theology of the body things and how can we help our families and our our young people and our grown, our big people understand kind of the church's teachings as good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember you and I had connected a few times over the phone and then we had set up a Zoom and it was right in the middle of COVID lockdown. Yes. And so we were all at home. And I just remember I was so touched because you were you were engaging and you were so professional and you had so much wisdom to share. And then popping in the background were just little people. Yes. And I just <laughs> thought like, this is just beautiful. Like, this is life. This is what church ministry and life looks like, right? Because my kids were doing the same thing, yes, you know? Yes, So I just, I, I appreciate your witness of of the beauty and the connectedness of work and family, right? Thank and how you. like the I imagine that a lot of the beauty and goodness that you bring into your professional roles comes from the the fruit that God is bringing in your family life. So yes, I think that's thank really you. Awesome. I'm I'm so I'm so um, touched to hear that because sometimes I wonder like. How many of these people think, wow, this lady is so unprofessional to have this seven-year-old no. hanging off the back of her chair no. while she's trying to talk to you? No, it's office. awesome. It's awesome, right? <laughs> yes, thank I think you. It's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And, and just before we were started recording, we were talking about, you know, some help you do here at the seminary with the seminarians and yeah. how fruitful they find it. You know, the real-life yeah. example you give, the couples that you bring in who are living this in – you know, not this kind of picturesque, perfect way, right. but in a way, trying. how do I incorporate the beauty of the church's teaching about sexuality, marriage, and, um, you know, the goodness of relationships uh, in the concrete circumstances of life, which are not always neat and tidy. Yeah, right. I, I think that's really right. where family ministry takes root. It's where the theology that we believe as a church meets real life, yeah. right? It's where oh, the family yes. is living yeah. that truth. And so family ministry has always been near and dear to me. Yeah. And um, coming into this new position and really like being able to focus on it with families of parishes has been really, really wonderful and really exciting for me. And I, I, I can't wait to see what's in store with that. Yeah. Mm. Well, That's it, really having worked for the church in different capacities in different ways, right? Uh, officially for the archdiocese, working at your parish and doing uh, NFP stuff from home. Um, what has been a grace? Like, how has that helped your spiritual life or your family life? I mean, there's lots of ways that can be a challenge. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's not meant to be 
just kind of um, draining from us. It's also meant to be a grace, uh, mm-hmm. a help to our spiritual life or family life. It, any ways for you that you've seen that kind of help you as a mom, a wife, a disciple of the Lord? Yeah, absolutely. So on, on kind of like an individual level, the, the one thing that I've taken away in, in all these years of really like interacting with different families under different circumstances is a really deep sense of, of gratitude you know, and appreciation for, for the things we do have Mm -hmm. and also for the things that we don't have. Right. Like my husband and I went through a really Mm -hmm. difficult time where he was underemployed or unemployed and, Mm -hmm. and we ourselves were reaching out to the church and Mm -hmm. asking for assistance with, you know, Mm -hmm. basic human needs even. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. seeing people who are willing to come to the church and seeing people at the church who are willing to help them and Mm -hmm. how the church can come together as a human family and support each other is just such a beautiful experience, Mm -hmm. you know, to be on the, on both ends of that, to be on the giving end and the receiving end, Mm -hmm. and then to, to consistently be able to reflect back on that and experience a sense of gratitude for the gifts that we have in each other and, and for, you know, the, the material gifts that we're able to provide for each other too, has Mm -hmm. really been a beautiful experience for my whole family. I know I've really appreciated your insights. You know, I know you've worked in retail before. I think your husband's worked in in that area, too. And I know uh, when we were working together at the Archdiocese, you know, you you were bringing up uh, just making sure that the programming we offer or the support we offer doesn't fall into kind of a certain socioeconomic group where we're only helping, you know, <laughs> this group of people. Yes, that's but, my battlefield. <laughs> Father Steve knows well. <laughs> yeah, no, but but it's beautiful. And I think yeah. it's really good because, you know, we, we can get caught up in one mindset and to make sure that, you know, as you talk about family ministry, we're really helping all different kinds of families mm. in the concrete circumstances of their life. And what we're offering can be applied to people you know, in um, the outer ring suburbs and rural places, as well as the inner ring suburbs and the city of Detroit. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's it's so important that we look beyond um, what we think is the general norm. And sometimes when we mm-hmm. work in a parish, um, we get so absorbed in our parish community, <laughs> right? Like we yeah. know everybody, everybody knows us, and we know what time mass is, and we know who sits where in the pew. Yeah. Like I can close my eyes and imagine who sits where, right? <laughs> oh, there's the Joyce family, their third right. row back, all the right. way on the right. Like the, everybody right. knows us where we sit. Um, so sometimes it's hard to think outside of that experience and mm-hmm. think that there are people who are struggling with something completely yeah. different, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or the people who aren't ever at mass and it's like but why do we have we have we thought about that or the people who are sporadically there so really thinking beyond our normative experience of being there and saying what else is there beyond the pews that you know who else is there beyond the pews and and what are we doing to try and serve them and bring them closer Yeah, yeah that's awesome yeah that's awesome we talked a little bit about um you know family life and 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 work life and balancing those you know, what is what does overworking look like? Uh, like what impact can that have in our own lives and our ministries? Um, you know, what are your thoughts on that? I just I know a lot of our lay ministers struggle with that. Yeah, that, um, that they're not they're not working enough. Yeah, that it can kind of it can take yeah. over your life if you let it. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, absolutely. So I'm sure your listeners all know that ministry burnout is real. Yeah. And we've lost some really great lay ministers yes. in the past to this. I mean, we've lost some ordained ministers in the past too to burnout. Yeah. You know, so um, I think one of the things that we should always be aware of uh, consistently is like, are we praying? 
That has yeah. to be first and foremost. Amen. Because if we're praying and we're taking time for that quiet to listen to what the Lord has to say to us, he's going to guide us. He's going to let us know you're pushing too hard. You're doing too yeah. much. This is too far, right? Like yeah. if you're really remaining docile to the Holy Spirit the way the Archbishop asks us to and unleash the yeah. gospel, yeah. then you'll hear him tell you. Yeah. Yeah. This is too much or this is not the right time for this or whatever it is. Yeah. So it has to start there. And that's so, so important. We can't yeah. just do the work. We have to pray first. Everything has to start there. Yeah. And, and you'll know that you're doing too much or you're going in the wrong direction when you realize you haven't been praying. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. that's that's sign number one. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and I know Beth and I have talked about this, I feel like a mm-hmm. bunch of times, yeah. maybe maybe just in my head it's happened more. Yeah. But the way we can lose sight of the work we do for the church is meant to bless us too. We're yeah. not just meant to yeah. be this mop that gets used to yeah. kind of like, you know, oh, kind of get We're not just a running. mop. Yeah. Yeah. Or right. or kind of a I think of a pencil that we're just yeah. kind of like used until it's done. You just write so, right yeah. with it. And yeah. then, you know, like like yeah. the goal of the pencil is just to do the work. Like yeah. Christ doesn't call us slaves. He doesn't call right. us instruments. He calls us friends and yeah. co-workers, cooperators yeah. with his grace. Right. And so the work we do is meant to be Maybe not not first, but not in, incidental yeah. for us too. Yeah. And so I, I think, you know, when you talk about prayer, losing sight of being a man or woman of prayer loses sight of the fact that, you know, doing family ministry, doing religious education, doing youth ministry, doing pastoral ministry is is meant to kind of help me grow as a disciple of the mm-hmm. Lord as well, not just kind of I'm the instrument that God needs to use here and yeah. now. Yeah, like yeah, you are absolutely. a part of your own ministry, right? So yeah. if your life, if your family life is not flourishing, then the whole of your ministry is not flourishing. Right. That matters. And I think oftentimes people, I, I think you're right though, Nicole, I think it's when we stop praying, right? It's like we turn off yeah. the warning yeah. system. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't hear We turn off the it. warning system yeah. and then we're left with our own devices. So with, if, if left to our own devices with this big mission that needs to be done, then it's we d- we don't know when we need to stop, and we're also not discerning what really what good really needs to be done. We're just doing what we think needs to be done, yeah. <laughs> which is not that's not good, right? It should be directed by the Lord and yeah, guided amen. by Him. So, yeah. And, yeah. and it just becomes a burden, right? It's yeah. like an Exodus where Pharaoh says, "More bricks and no straw." Like everything just feels like a burden. Then, that, like I yeah, have to right. do this. It's a burden. Oh. I have to accomplish this. I know, you know, yeah. you and I have talked about this a lot, Beth, and this yeah. can happen for everyone in, in ministry where you lose sight of like, Jesus wants me to fall more deeply in love with him. Yeah. And for priests, that can be a, a huge challenge uh, too, right? Because there's so much pastoral work to be done. But to remember yeah. like the Lord wants an intimate relationship with me and he wants that with all of our lay ecclesial ministers, all of our mission direct uh, people in parishes mm-hmm. as well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So we've talked about like the way it's been a blessing. Uh, what's been a challenge? Like, like how do you, you know, because we want this to be helpful for people and in order for it to be helpful, for this conversation to be helpful for us and for others, we also have to look at like where the challenges come in. You know, I think about for myself, some of those challenges can be that, uh, you know, the, the work of mission can just feel a lot. Like the, the yeah. need is great. Our Lord says, you know, um, the harvest is great and the laborers are few. And that can feel like, well, get cracking, right? right. <laughs> there's a lot of work. Get off the couch and get going. Right. And there's a bit of that where he's saying that. Um, 
but uh, you know, again, like leaning into the relationship piece. But wh- what has been a challenge um, for you, either in that balance or in your own spiritual life uh, with that work? So two things come to mind. One is that it can be really hard to say no mm. when someone at your parish um, asks you to take on something new yeah. or asks you to help out in an area where you're not usually working because you just, you know, I'm sure a lot of your listeners have experienced that. They're like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. It's like, yes, you could, you could. do that. But yeah. but are you, number one, are you the right person to do it? Have you prayed about that? And number two, yeah. do you need to be doing that? Or is there someone else who could do that who maybe is really waiting for the right thing to come along? Yeah. So really thinking like, am I the right person to be filling that role and being able to say no if you yeah. prayerfully discern that that's not where you're supposed to be? So that's I think that's really hard for a lot of people because we want we just naturally ministers are naturally drawn to wanting to minister so we're yes people so saying no is really hard and then I think what kind of directly follows from that is the guilt we feel sometimes Mm. after we say no (laughs) right we're like no you know I'm really sorry I can't I can't do I can't teach seventh grade faith formation because my son has basketball that night like it's really important to him that I be at his game or whatever it is Mm -hmm. you know and then people are just like oh said no because she has to go to basketball (laughs) you know and then you're just feeling super guilty about it like oh did I put basketball before Jesus like you know right you start to think like did I make the right decision so like really knowing where your boundary is and then being able to follow through with that and then being able to confidently say because you prayed and because you knew that that wasn't where you were supposed to be you know to, to confidently say that you made that decision because that's where you know you're supposed to be can Mm be really, really hard for a lot of people. Yeah. 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 I think in ministry, especially because we experience that, how hard it is to say no. I always try to be so gracious when people say no to Mm. me, you know, like I really want to, I'm not an arm twister. I'm not a manipulator. I'm not. And so one of the things that I have a hard time with is encouraging people to discern if it's the right fit, you know, because I also don't want, I'm, I'm so Yeah, sensitive. you don't want to be the one, like, yeah, forcing I don't everyone be the else one. to say yes. yes. Yeah, I met a woman who, um, she was the coordinator. She's amazing. She's been the coordinator of Perpetual Adoration at Shrine for, like, decades, right? She's amazing. Yeah. And so we interviewed her. We wanted to share her story. And I was like, so how did you get started? Like, how did you take on this role? And I was expecting to hear, well, I don't know what I was expecting, but maybe, like, <laughs> oh, like, I had this profound experience. And then I, and she said, no, I got a letter in the mail from the uh, Monsignor at the time saying, I understand you're going to be the new coordinator of perpetual adoration at oh the shrine. She's like, I have no context for this. I don't know. I We've never had a conversation. No one has mentioned this to me. Um, and, and now, so, 20, I, yeah, years and later. 20 years later, she's yeah. still doing it. Yeah. Yes. And so I'm just so sensitive that like as church, we've done that. Right. And especially like, I mean, you know, the work has to be done and I know our priests are overloaded. And so sometimes our priests do that. And sometimes our staff do that. Right. Where we kind of do an arm twist and a manipulation. So I'm so sensitive to not wanting to do that. And so but I also want to help people discern, you know, because sometimes people say no, because they just don't know if they'd be good at it or they're nervous or, you know, I want to make sure like if you would say yes to this, I would I would equip you and accompany you. Like it would be my responsibility to make sure you succeed in this role. But on the other hand, I'm so sensitive (laughs) that like I don't want to I don't want people to feel that burden, you know, as though like I, I think sometimes we we. As we are eaten up in the fields of yeah. ministry, so we eat mm-hmm. up our volunteers. Yeah, yeah, you know? absolutely. And, and then like, you get volunteer burnout, which yeah. is just as bad. Yeah. yeah, or we make them feel bad for not being able to do this one more mm-hmm. thing, right? right? 
So I gosh, it's so important to be able to say no's and yeses and respect each other's no's and yeses. Yeah. I think that's really profound. And, and so pray yeah. before we even ask, right? Like if we know, if we if we see yeah. someone and we're like, that guy would be so good at this yeah. one thing, yeah. I gotta pray about the first. I cannot just blurt that out in conversation yeah. and ask him to do it. Like I have to pray first. That's good. Before I even sit down with right. him, right? And then I I have to not let him say yes right away. Right? Yeah. I have to say, I want you to pray about it, like yep. give me a call, send me a text whatever it is yeah. next week like let's talk about it some more when you're yeah. ready like we we just we can't yeah. always be ready to fire like okay let's right. go it's right. gotta be intentional and sometimes yeah. it's so slow and I know people don't like that the church already moves slow as it is <laughs> but sometimes yeah. it has to be intentionally slowed down so that we yeah. have that time to discern and remain docile to the Holy Spirit absolutely yeah yeah so true yeah, I might be a little quicker to ask than uh, yeah. the two of you. Yes, uh, we but, know that already. <laughs> <laughs> but I Tell do, I do think it's important, you know, as you said, to be um, uh, gracious. I think is yeah. the word you used. Uh, yeah. You know, it, when I, as a priest, sometimes you know you feel inspired, or I think everyone yeah. feels this. Like, I, you know, I feel like this person would be good at this, or feel like they're yeah. looking for a way yeah. maybe they don't know they're looking for a way right. but like they're growing in their faith and now it, right. there needs to be a bit of a switch from being a consumer to now being part yeah. of the how can I help grow sure um, yeah. the faith uh, so you know I, I I do think there can be a way to be a little bold in that but mm-hmm. to be bold in I see this in you yeah I want to affirm all these good things in you and this is an area where I think you can help but also with the freedom of, I'm not trying to guilt you into yeah, this, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm Absolutely. not trying to push you into it, but it's not this kind of neutral, right. like, you know, hey, hey, do whatever you want, you know? Like, I, I don't know, in my own right. mind, I do try to balance the the idea of, hey, this is a need in the church and I see gifts in you. Absolutely. And I really yeah. want you to think about yeah. this because yeah. I do think this isn't just like, me trying to fill a role. Yeah, right? sure. That's huge, right? So, it's not just a warm body. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes. The nearest person. Right. I mean, we've all seen people be asked because they were the nearest <laughs> physical person. Yes. yes. Right? Not because they had the gifting <laughs> right. or the time. Uh, yeah. or, or because they're they're the one who doesn't say no, right? Yes. I know yes. if I ask other people, that can be really complicated. But That's if I right. ask this person, say yes. I know yeah. they'll say yes. So uh, in my own yeah. thought, there's a bit of the balance between Okay, I don't want to pressure anyone. I don't yeah. want to kind of hope, you know, um, le- or pour <laughs> hot coals of, you know, uh, expectation, and they're going to disappoint me or disappoint right. the church if they don't say yes. But also, you know, that like I want to give you a gentle nudge, a right. gentle yeah. nudge that like there's something really good here, and I see these gifts, and this is how I see those gifts could be used. Um, but you need to cooperate with that too if you want to do it. Yeah. So having been on the receiving end of one of Father Steve's gentle nudges. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, feel too, so right? gentle. On multiple, on multiple occasions. Um, I, I, I think we're saying the same thing, Father Steve. I think your, yeah. your, your sense of it might feel different to you because that's just your personality style. That's your you know, management style, if you will. If we <laughs> took Myers-Briggs or okay. CLI or whatever, Good yeah. Shepherds, Good Leaders, na- keep naming them. Um, I think that's just that's just yeah, the way yeah. you, you know, you exercise that in a different way where, you know, Beth or yeah. I might might come about it a little bit differently just because our personalities and the way we interact with yeah. our other yeah. ministers is a little bit different. But that's, I think we're all saying the same thing. Yeah. I totally yeah. agree. Because yeah. I've never felt like totally pressured by you coming to me and being like, hey, Nicole, I want you to do this. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, 
it, do, it doesn't feel pressured. Yeah. Um, and and I have said no before, so it's it's not. Oh, I um, know. Oh, I know. <laughs> I remember. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, I, I think yeah. I think we're we're saying the same thing. Yeah. yeah. For me, yeah. It, it does come full circle because it's not just that I um have to ask in this prayerful way and be, and also be bold, but sometimes it's hard for me to ask because I, I know that I'm already doing more than I should. Mm -hmm. So when other people are like gratefully, like when they give me their discerned no, there is a moment where I have to, I have to go back to the Lord and go back to detachment. And because otherwise I can get the impression like, oh, it must be so nice to be able to say no to things. <laughs> you know, like, that must be so nice for you because I don't get to say no. So you have but, that little twinge of jealousy is, for a second well, where you're kind of like, Well, there's just like yeah. a moment where I have to come back to surrender, right? I have to come back <laughs> to surrender and come back to the beginning of this whole conversation about yeah. overworking and oh, burnout yeah. and go back to the Lord and say, okay, so here's my, here's my limited capacity. Here's what I can do. And here's like, there's only so much of it yeah. and recognize that the Lord's not asking me to do more yeah. either. You know, um, yeah, there's the, the litany of trust that I know you're such a fan of Father Steve oh, yes. from, the fear, um, <laughs> from the fear of being asked to give more than I have. Deliver me, Jesus. Right. It's, it's important for me anyway. It's been helpful. Not for Father Steve. He doesn't. He's not pray. loving this. He's not loving this right now. No, no, no. So yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, you know, recently I, uh, I was seeing a, a guy I know, um, ran into him somewhere and I, I feel like men's ministry is just an area that can grow really in the archdiocese yeah. and there's a lot of men who are disaffiliated yeah. I think we see this culturally yeah. too right there's yeah. this whole study that came out a few months ago about like the number of men who have good friendships hmm. like most men say their Don't, best friend right. or their wives is yeah. their wife and it's not a bad thing but most wives say their best friend is like another Someone female else. friend, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like there's this clear right. disparity between right. women are better at making friends and building yeah. kind of the network we need for a fulfilled life and yeah. um, the support you just need in life. And men often struggle with that. And so, you know, thinking about how do we help men kind of engage in a relationship uh, a friendship that's going to help mm -hmm. them grow as disciples, right? Yeah. And oftentimes that that works with other men. There's other men who kind of sharpen each other and push each other and sure, challenge yeah. each other. Um, this is a long way to say I ran into, you know, a friend <laughs> of mine and just kind of shared with him. I was like, hey, we need to do a men's conference again. Oh, and I, I think ooh. you're the one who needs to kind of help me do this. Oh, <laughs> and he was like, what? That. <laughs> it's like, that's a lot. I was like, I know. Pray about yeah. it. Think about it. But I'm pretty, I feel confident nice. you're the guy. Oh, my gosh. I love that this. so much. And so, he was, you know, I think he was a little taken aback. I was like, we'll talk. Wow. But, um, like, you oh. know, I see the gifts. I right. see it in you. And this is a need. And it's just getting back to the idea of, you know, work-life balance. Oftentimes with our ministry, we have to, I think what's important is to say, what's the most important thing we need to do? Not here are a number of good things yes. we can do yeah. or not here's right. more work we need to do. Right. Yeah. But what's most important right now? Yeah. And let's focus on that. Yeah. What, like what do we need to yeah. be strategic and clear and committed um, to doing and that inevitably means we have to say no to a number of others. Yeah, you got to prioritize, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you say yes to everything, you're saying no to whatever the first thing was. Right. <laughs> that yeah. You said yes to. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's stuff gets pushed off. Yeah. That, and, and so you're saying no to the same amount of things. You're just doing it in a less strategic way. Yeah. 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 Very true. 
Nicole, yeah. I know you have a hard out to use podcast terminology or meeting terminology yeah. in a few minutes. So uh, in the last few minutes with you, um, I don't know if yeah, Beth has I'd, more. I'd yeah. love to ask. Oh, I know, yeah. like, so your official title, I think, forgive me if I'm wrong, is the coordinator of natural family planning and family support. Yes. yes that's okay. Correct, yeah. um, but I, I've seen a lot of the things that fall under that and that you've taken on kind of being towards helping us both both staff and like people as lay ministers and people in our ministry, like in our churches, experience the church's teachings, especially in the area of sexuality, as good news. Yeah. Um, do you have any like words or inspiration or thoughts on how, either as staff and and like leaders of different ministries, we can do that better, um, both discovering it as good news ourselves and sharing it as good news. Yeah, absolutely. To others. So. Um Holistic sexuality education is part of the expanded vision for natural family planning, actually, yeah. and that's how that kind of came about. But obviously, it's it's really well integrated with family support too, because yeah. um, in my own experience, I have a high schooler and a middle schooler at home, yeah. and you know their their questions and their experiences as they come into adulthood are you know challenging at the le- to say the <laughs> least, right? Yeah. Like there's so much eye rolling and scowling in my house, and there's mm-hmm. so many hormones. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a need to support our our families and our parents as they yeah. are raising their children and have these big questions, and they bring them home from school or something they've seen on social media and things like that too. Yeah. Um, so I, I've been talking a lot with a lot of parish leaders, with the, the seminarians a few weeks ago too, mm. you know, about how important it is that we're really teaching from the beginning, especially at key life phases, about mm. the gift of human sexuality and how it's part of nurturing the whole person and how important mm-hmm. it is that we learn to care for the whole person that we understand how our growth and development works and then what does it mean to have an experience of desire or attraction is that always a bad thing no of course not right, right? and like right. what does it mean to have true authentic relationships with people and how do we live that out as christians and as missionary disciples yeah. so um key life phases you know talking to yeah. our kids as young as as they are able to talk about yeah. respecting people's boundaries and respecting their boundaries yeah. too um, and then then in middle school and high school, talking to them about what they're experiencing. And then into adulthood, like way remote marriage preparation. So like mm-hmm. young adults who are not even dating, talking to them. Mm-hmm. We They all know the word chastity, but do they really know, like do they really understand that what we're talking about is rightly ordered love? Like mm-hmm. is your love ordered mm-hmm. properly? And, and if you've experienced the Lord's love in your life, then you know how wonderful and restorative it can be. And is the love you're giving the people in your life the same? Mm-hmm. You know, are you trying to model that after the experience of the Lord's love in your own life? So we're, you know, we're working on some cool things. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. But my my biggest tip, like the seminarians were all asking this, they were like, how do we do this? Like, how do we yeah. even start yeah. this, right? Like when I get into a parish, I want, I want this to be a thing. And you can't, you can't do it if you don't have your staff and your ministers who are already on fire about it and who mm-hmm. are have already experienced it personally. So that's my number one encourager for these next five, 10 years. We'll see how long it takes me <laughs> is form your people, right? Yeah. Like bring them in and talk to them about things like the four loves. That's a great topic. People love talking about the four mm-hmm. loves, you know, bring them in and talk about theology, the body, read a great book together as a staff and do a book yeah. study on it and pray about it and bring in a cool speaker. Yeah. You know, I'm sure father Steve would love to talk about it. Again. Yeah. <laughs> If you can't yeah, find yeah. a cool speaker. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, form your staff first, because if we can renew them in, in their love for this and, and renew their um, their fire for wanting to preach the full truth of mm-hmm. like your whole body is a gift and everything you do to care mm-hmm. for yourself and for your family in this way is a gift to the church, too, mm-hmm. then that's going to kind of 
spark something in them and mm-hmm. be more open to other things that we as the archdiocese can offer you, but we mm-hmm. can't bring it to you if, you're, if your people right. aren't ready to teach it or aren't ready to implement yeah. it, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, it was just, I've been reading a lot of things that people have been saying in the church lately about how in our postmodern world, people are no longer asking if the Catholic Church is true or the teachings of the church are true. People aren't asking that because mm-hmm. relativism, you know, your oh, truth, yeah. my truth, it's not relevant. Yeah. But all of our apologetics are set up to argue for the truth, right? <laughs> right. But like people have left the room and we're still there talking about mm-hmm. it. Not that we don't need the work. It's important, right? We need that. But that people are asking now, is it good? Yeah. Is it good? And does it are make the teachings feel of the good. church good? Right. Yeah. And does it make, it make me feel good, good right now? Yes. Too. Yeah. And so yes. I love the idea of just your, you know, the integrated are, and the ordered are all of your loves ordered. Mm-hmm. I think that's just so profound. Yeah. The church has so much wisdom to offer on this topic, yeah. but it is difficult. It can be difficult for people to hear. There's so many bridges of trust that are not there. Uh, and then it can it can kind of shut down the conversation or, or prevent it from even getting started. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and like to go back to our 2002 time machine for a second, <laughs> you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys remember the WWJD bracelets? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, are we even asking that question anymore yeah. in the church? Sometimes I wonder yeah. if we are. And so my kids like mm-hmm. they eye roll when I do it. Right? They're like, oh, I got this problem. And I'm like, okay, well, what seriously? What would Jesus do? And they're like, mom. Oh. Right. You always ask that, and I'm like, but that's the question. That right. has to be the first question. Yeah. Are are you really doing this the way you know the Lord would want you to do it? Like, right. are you really modeling this after what you know He was doing when He was here, like right. walking the earth, right? right? So, we're not asking it anymore. Oof. Seriously, yeah. consider giving all my kids a WWJD bracelet <laughs> for birthdays or Christmas or something. Yeah. I might still. We'll have to see. Oh man. Well, yeah. uh, uh, Nicole, yeah. uh, we're really grateful you took some time to be with yeah. us and prayers for your ministry, yeah. your your balance in uh, 2022 and going forward. Um, mm-hmm. For you know, you personally that. Uh, you know, one of the things Beth has been harping on, and I think she's right, is yeah. one of the graces of bringing people in to talk with them is also to thank them. Yeah, we want to thank you. Thank, thank you. you for thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for bringing this goodness um, and these teachings and kind of this holistic perspective um, at the archdiocesan level and even just today and in your family life. Yeah. It, it's making an impact. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you. That's so affirming to me. Thank you. Yeah. This has been the Encounter Grow Witness podcast. This is a podcast by and for those who work in ministry, supporting each other to grow in our relationship with Christ and the church to enable us to be better witnesses of his love in the world. Let's be better fishers of men together. Don't forget to like and subscribe to this monthly podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts.